Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the Entain Voices podcast. I'm your host, James Donaldson, and I'm part of the employer brand team here at Entain. On this edition of the podcast, we are joined by a very special guest, one of our sports aid athletes, Georgia Holt. We will be finding out all there is to know about Georgia, including her experiences as an Olympic hopeful, how Entain and Sports Aid have supported her passion, and some insights into how you, the listener, could get into cycling. Before we get stuck in, I'd just like to mention that if you'd like to get in touch with us to let us know what you think of the podcast, have any questions or any suggestions of what you'd like us to talk about in future episodes, please get in touch with us on Entain Socials at EntainGroup.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle across all platforms is at Entain Careers or by searching Entain on LinkedIn. As a quick disclaimer, some of you may be aware that in December 2020, we rebranded from GVC Group to Entain. This podcast was recorded before the rebrand, and as a result, you'll hear some mention of GVC throughout the duration of the episode. Please rest assured, we have not reverted back to our old brand, and future episodes will only mention Entain. I'm delighted to say that we are now joined by today's guest, Georgia. Georgia, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very excited to have you on the podcast today. So to our listeners, who I'm sure are very eager to find out a little bit more about yourself. Um, So I am a track cyclist uh, being supported by GBC this year um, through SportsAid. And yeah, my story is a bit different to some other cyclists. I was actually a horse rider, um, did athletics, hockey, netball, everything at school. Love my sport, always have. And um, in 2018, there was a talent ID uh, search, shall we say, Mm -hmm. um, for uh, skeleton, track cycling, rugby sevens, rowing, and something else. Um, They didn't want me for rowing or, or speed skating. (laughs) <laughs> or speed skating because I wasn't tall enough and I didn't run fast enough. Um, so, yeah, I signed up as a joke and did the trials. And yes, they didn't want me as those things. Um, but I got picked for track cycling. Um, I wanted skeleton because I saw Lizzie Arnold and Laura Dees uh, get their medals at Sochi. And yeah, I thought I, I want to do that. Um, but now I picked for track cycling <laughs> and um, yeah, got in through Discover Your Gold that way and spent six months with uh, Team GB or British Cycling um, being introduced to the programme and yeah, just learned about bikes, which was interesting because I started uh, at university in Manchester at the same time. So it was a bit of a whirlwind for six months. Um and then my trial got extended for another six months. So how long have you been doing the cycling? It's still a bit new because I'm only two years in now, two and a half, a bit more. Um, and yeah, I'd never seen a velodrome before I started. And so yeah, that was a bit weird, um, seeing a velodrome for the first time. It looks a lot flatter on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot flatter and you get there and you're like, this is, this is big. Um, so yeah, just kind of went from nothing to something so it's wow. very exciting imagined your um your sort of biggest inspirations from the the sochi games um had you had any sort of inspiration in the cycling um uh, sort of circuit or, or knew anyone that you sort of aspired to be like um, i mean victoria pendleton yeah um, <laughs> I, I relate to her a lot and she's kind of the opposite of me she started in cycling and then went to horse racing whereas i'm horses then cycling (laughs) but yeah I just I think she's 
amazing. So mm. yeah, anything to be confident or free as well. They mentioned the the sports aid partnership and those listening who are unaware of our sports aid partnership um, as part of our pitching and investment program, um, partnering with sports aid, they are a charity that supports uh, aspiring athletes. Uh, so GVC, we are providing British athletes with financial supports, recognition and personal development opportunities. Each one of the athletes receives an annual award, which contributes towards costs such as travel, accommodation and equipment, or as George said, uh, physiotherapy. <laughs> uh, so among those receiving the support in 2020 are 10 athletes, five para athletes, three hockey players, three rowers and three rugby union players, as well as many more from other sports, including boxing, wheelchair, basketball and skiing. So Georgia, how did you come to come to be a sports aid athlete? Um, so I was nominated by British Cycling um, to Sports Aid, and Sports Aid obviously looked at my results and essentially my trajectory going up. Um, so that's where it was agreed that I'd get funding because mm-hmm. they knew I'm still still new and still improving. So yeah, brilliant. Do you set yourself sort of targets of, of how quick you'd like to achieve a lap or is it, how, how do you sort of work out your your targets there um so my trial has set targets so to hit certain times for a lap mm-hmm. um, um so we have something called a team sprint so there used to be two women doing it but now there's three so we're equal to the men and um from the different positions p1 pg p3 um there's certain time laps that we need to hit some time on so yeah we um you mentioned sort of what the the sponsorship has, has allowed you to do with your um with your cycling and what has that meant to you what have you been able to achieve sort of the bigger picture um so it was mostly helpful helpful throughout lockdown mm-hmm. um because i think i was awarded it in about may time and um it was really nice because it's partly someone else believing in you like a group as well um, so that's a compliment in itself. Um, it does spur you on in the best way possible. Um, so yeah, just helping any nutrition as well throughout lockdown, just making sure I'm getting enough protein, um, after sessions and stuff. Um, physio throughout lockdown had a few niggles, but they're fine now. That's, that's good. Um, and just general bike maintenance. Obviously I wasn't on the track because of lockdown, but, um, just bike maintenance, um, anything that breaks or gets worn that's able to be replaced and I'm not having to worry about that being a student as well um everything's tight as it is so this Mm. extra bit of money that is purely bike related or gym related um it's just a lot less pressure on me to make ends meet somehow somewhere (laughs) (laughs) of course and how have you managed to balance the university life with um your cycling better than i expected um (laughs) first year because it was so intense just basically learning to ride a bike well um it was that was really hard just trying to adjust to everything firstly leaving the nest at home in the midlands and then getting acquainted to a massive city um and then balancing it was it was all right um i'm in my third year now so um Mm. It's, it's all a lot better. It's, it's all very balanced now. Um, and the beauty is the online stuff that we're doing with uni because of COVID is playing to my advantage because um, it doesn't mean I have to be in three places at once all the time like I normally had to. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's a lot less stress. 
So as we go into the second lockdown, how do you plan to keep up your routine with your cycling and your exercise? Um, so, hmm. um, <laughs> so it's kind of come at a unwanted, wanted time mm-hmm. um, as because I'm doing biomedical sciences at uni. I was saying for ages, I was like, yeah, we're going to have a second lockdown. It's just a matter of when. Um, it's a shame it's come now, um, but hopefully, um, because I'm on this trial, it's kind of thrown everything out the water. Um, so I'm able to get on track once a week, which I'm very grateful for. I can't get in their gym, but I'm sorting myself out with home gym. I should be okay. If the roads are really quiet, which they should be, um, I should be able to get some road done in this time. And how does that training compare? So I think looking from a from a novice perspective, you'd look at what you do on the, the track would probably be vastly different to how the majority do road cycling. I can imagine it being a difference between a, a long distance runner and someone sprinting 100 metres. Does, does that affect it or does it mean you can keep up your training and, and sort of the way you want to progress? Um, so think you saying bolt on a bike. That's what I do. Right, okay. <laughs> so sprint track cycling. So I'm not like Bradley Wiggins, Chris Groom, Mark Cavendish. I'm not any of those. Mm. I am Victoria Pendleton. Um, as as alike as I want to be. Um, so it's short, sharp efforts on the track. Um, you know, maximum 20 seconds mm-hmm. on the track. And then you go and sit down for 15 minutes. So I can emulate a lot of things on a static bike, like a what bike, or I can attach a bike to a turbo or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't just supplement my training with a five-hour road ride because it's not specific to what we do. Um, Usain Bolt wouldn't go for a marathon run to train, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, That's probably the best way to put it. So I can just get strong in the gym while I can um so i'm currently in a strength block so that's useful so it, we kind of gym three times a week and then three or four bike sessions i might be over exaggerating no i think three track and then a spin as long as you're organized it's okay regimented <laughs> so in your cycling career what has been your highlight your your most proud moment um i would definitely say nationals this year Mm-hmm. Um, so the end of January we had nationals and I'd had a few few niggling injuries um, that I was worried about um, and I actually went and hit the target times uh, that I'd been given um, it was six months late to hit them but I hit them <laughs> and I was, I was so happy with it because it was one of those competitions where you go in and you think what will be will be and then we move on from there and I PB'd and everything top 10 in the country nationally so yeah there was a nice moment to like look up at the scoreboard and think ah, yes, that, that's what I wanted to see and maybe there's a little fist pump in the air which was a bit crazy <laughs> what would yeah. be the thing you're sort of most looking forward to what what goals are you setting yourself for let's say the next one two three potentially four five years Ooh. um I mean <laughs> In the next six months, I'd like to see myself on the squad mm-hmm. um, at the end of this trial. Um, and then within a year, maybe just getting just solid work in on the squad. And then 2022, uh, we've got the Commie Games in Birmingham, Commonwealth Games. Um, 
who doesn't want to go to the home games? Mm. <laughs> um, that would be incredible. And then 2024 Paris in New York. In, oh, no, it's not in New York. It's LA. What am I saying? Yeah, LA 2028. So with the fans not being in the arena at the moment with everything going on, does that affect the cycling, do you find? Do you find having a sort of a crowd there cheering you on gets you sort of motivated more and pushing you through the, the race? Um, the only time I've experienced it was Nationals this year. Um, the Kirin, so there's six of you on the track, just racing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crowd then was just amazing. Because mm. you don't listen to it as you race, but the atmosphere just changes it totally. Mm. So these um, in-house hit-outs we're having, I had one two weeks ago, and then we'll have one end of January because I don't personally really see nationals happening, mm-hmm. especially not with the crowd. It would yeah. be behind the doors, if anything. So to be heading into another in-house hit-out with no crowd is a bit tough. Um Everyone does shout, but it's it's a different environment. Um, so yeah, they they do help you push on, and you kind of it is a good pressure. You, you don't see it as a negative pressure. It's like a challenge, like a how well can I do now in front of this many people? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's a that's a mentality a lot of uh, sports person share is is having that ability to sort of focus on on the the, the goal at hand and the the task at hand. So. How do you prepare yourself for races? Is there a, uh, a routine that you have, a, a lucky charm, anything like that? Um, so from a training point of view, we do something called a taper. So it's normally over two, two weeks. You kind of come out of the gym, training volume goes down, just so you freshen your legs up. Um, our style of training to make us go fast, basically, is just to constantly be aching Um think going for a run every day for a week and just having to just keep going so yeah we come out the gym you can feel your legs again it's great um i don't actually have any lucky charms like i used to be quite superstitious Mm. but um and i i love a caffeine gel can't go wrong with one of those before a race Mm -hmm. the issue with um superstitions like say you put your left shoe on before your right shoe Mm -hmm. if Something happens that day and it goes the other way around. If that's in your head, throw it out the window. That's it. Yeah. So mm. people do try to not have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as long as my straps are done up tight enough on my pedals, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had an accident? Um, there was one time before we had straps, um, I unclipped my foot out of the pedal and I landed with my chest like on the stem so where the handlebars attached to the actual bike oh my goodness the pain and there's a whole video of it the whole lot it's not pretty (laughs) it's scary i must say it's scary so if you were to give one or two pieces of advice for someone looking to get into track cycling or or cycling in general what would you give them um someone looking into cycling just in general Mm -hmm. do it in lockdown when there's no cars (laughs) (laughs) um you'll love it just nice route nice scenic route um make it flat <laughs> challenge yourself if you want to but make it flat <laughs> um that, that's me who doesn't like hills that is <laughs> um, <laughs> and then someone for track cycling i'd say just sign up to a taster session and go for it and don't think you have to conform to the lycra 
and don't see it as a negative thing because mm-hmm. you do want to be comfortable on the bike with some padding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it doesn't look pretty, but it's uh, worth it. Um, but yeah, just don't hold back. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Georgia. That was brilliant. And we look forward to speaking to you again in the future and best of luck with all of your track cycling. Thank you. And that concludes this edition of the Entain Voices podcast. Once again, thank you to Georgia for joining us today and best of luck. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about Georgia, head over to our website at entain.social forward slash sportsaid in which you can find out all about our athletes. This has been your host, James. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.